Rainmaker FM. This podcast is brought to you by Copyblogger.com. Words that work. Build your online authority with powerfully effective content marketing. Get superior content marketing education so you can build a remarkable online presence. Head over to copyblogger.com to learn more. That's copyblogger.com. Hello there. It is so good to see you again. Welcome back to Copyblogger FM, the content marketing podcast. Copyblogger FM is about emerging content marketing trends, interesting disasters, and enduring best practices, along with the occasional rant. My name is Sonia Simone. I'm a co-founder and the chief content officer for Copyblogger Media, and I share additional writing as well as a complete additional archived podcast over at remarkable-communication.com. And I am joined today, I am so delighted, by Belinda Weaver of CopyrightMatters.com. Belinda, how is your day going? It's going really well. Thanks for having me, Sonia. Super, 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 super. I thought about having Belinda on over to the podcast. I was talking to Robert Bruce, and you guys have heard from him recently. Um, He is now doing a lot of client work over at Rainmaker Digital Services. And he mentioned that he had had a chat with Belinda And we know Belinda from our live event. It was awesome. She's really super and fun. We talked to her about doing something and she'd had great success. And I knew I wanted to, I knew I wanted to bring her on to talk about it. So let's dive into the, drum roll please, the Great Content Repurposing Project. Hooray! Hooray! (laughs) So maybe just start by telling, telling us like, what was this crazy advice that Robert gave you? And, and how did you react when you first heard about it? Well, the advice was to switch my fortnightly blog um, email out to subscribers to a daily email. Now, you know, we're just going to be talking about content repurposing. And I've always done a lot of content repurposing, but a daily email using my blog posts um, and going through my archive, which is the repurposing angle, was a new idea for me. And there's a few people who do it and they do it really well, but I was skeptical. I thought daily, who wants daily emails? Like I know my inbox is a constant war and I know, Sonia, you and I had a bit of trouble (laughs) arranging a time because both of us are missing emails. So I thought I don't want to be that person being a negative influence into inboxes, but I gave it a go and it's been fantastic. So kudos to Robert. <laughs> tell us, tell us a little bit about um, the 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 after. Like, what is, what are you getting out of this this project? Well, it's been really good to go through my blog archive for a start and just see what I have written because I started my blog in in maybe 2013, and I would make a date with myself to publish a weekly blog, mm-hmm. and I rarely miss that. It was only about you know 2017 that I pulled it back to fortnightly. So it was really good to go through my archive and remind myself of all the work that I had already created for people. Um, what I'm really finding valuable and what is the most rewarding part of doing the daily email is the amount of ga- engagement that I'm getting now because I used to send out a weekly or fortnightly blog here is the blog and I you know played around with an excerpt and I played around with the full post and things like that but I rarely got replies 
And people rarely emailed me and talked to me. So now I'm getting reviews on Facebook, reviews on LinkedIn. I'm getting people recommending the Daily Draft to their friends and their network. I'm getting people replying to my emails almost every day, so much so that I have to actually schedule time Mm. to reply to the people emailing me. And I'm finding that quite incredible. Yeah. And you actually took down your lead magnet. Is that right? Yes, that's right. So I used to have um, an ebook of copywriting tips that led into just a regular email with the blog post. But now the only incentive is daily emails from me. Yeah. Which goes against, I mean, it goes against all the conventional wisdom. <laughs> it goes yes, against. It does. It goes against all, you know, it is, it's very counter to the trend. And I think that that's, well, first of all, few people anywhere, unless it's a big company that has a, a team, few people anywhere are ever going to do this because it feels like, oh, that's much too much work, Belinda. <laughs> yes. No, sorry, pass. So you, you're going to stand out almost whenever you do it. But yeah, this fascinates me. And so um, you're still getting, you're still getting the signups, even though you don't have a conventional opt-in incentive, you still get the signups. People are signing up to hear from you every day. Yeah, that's right. And I would say the my subscribers, my subscription rate took a dip when um, I launched because um, a lot of people unsubscribed, although not really a lot when I was crunching some numbers. Um, only uh, at, when I actually launched, I had 150 people unsubscribe over a week, which at the time I was like, oh, right. my gosh. But actually, in in terms of the whole size of the list, it was only five or six percent. So it wasn't a really a big number. Um, and since then, people have become more connected with me. And the longer the the email sequence goes on, I'm kind of narrowing the list to people who really, really want to hear from me. And they miss the emails if I ever miss a you know if I take a break or whatever. Right. So that's kind of nice. The engagement is really strong towards the end. Um, now talk a little bit about what you use your email list to promote. What are you, you know, um, what are you selling on your list and how do you, how do you sell? Well, I don't actually, um, one of the things I'm quite deliberate about is I only sell to people who have opted in to hear about a specific product. So the daily draft, which is my daily email, um, is really just content and value and giving. And I have one call to action on each email, which directs people to find out how I can help them. But I encourage people to opt into specific product launch lists Mm -hmm. if they want to find out about my product. So I have my course, the Copywriting Masterclass. I have my private mentoring group, Confident Copywriting, and I'll customize the call to action in my emails as they're relevant to the content to direct people to those specific products. But I am not always selling to the people who just want content. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Um, so I, my first thought was like, I'm going to totally do that. And then my second thought <laughs> was, when am I going to do that? <laughs> yeah. How is that yeah. going to happen? Because I, like you, I do have a lot, um, I have a pretty lengthy archive. <laughs> so how do you do it? How do you, you know, how do you, is this like three or four hours at work a day? I mean, how much work is this every day? And uh, and do you do it every day or do you batch it up? How does What, what are the mechanics? Batching is the key to it. So when I launched, I actually had three months of emails ready to go. So I put in a lot of effort before I started because I knew I just wanted to get it started and 
you know, I wanted to be responsive to the people who wanted to talk to me about it. And I wanted to be available because in my first email, I asked, what led you to, what's the copywriting frustration that led you to sign up to this daily email? And I wanted to respond to those. And I do still respond to every single one. So I had a big chunk ready to go. But of course, that just dwindled. So now I'm much closer to when they get published. And basically, I have two content writing dates a week where I have a, I do the daily draft on Tuesdays and I do the daily draft on Thursdays. But if I don't hit both, that's fine. But at least once a week, I grab a blog from my archive and I break it up into short emails. And that's the key. I'm not sending out one blog in one email. One blog is turning into three or five or seven emails. And then I send those to my proofreader and then I share the link with my VA who puts it in my email tool. So, you know, I'm very big on outsourcing to people who can help me make it happen. But I just try and um, have a weekly date where I tackle it and I get a little bit ahead and then sometimes a little bit behind and I might sneak in an email saying, hey, we're having an implementation week. I encourage you to go back and read some old emails and that's me saying, I got nothing this week. Right, I gotta take <laughs> I'm just off. catching up. Yeah. Yeah, that's so clever. So I'm curious, is this an autoresponder? Does everybody start at the first message or is it just an ongoing real-time, I guess, broadcasts? It's an autoresponder. So everyone starts at the first message. And the reason I did that, it just seemed easier yeah. from a logistics and an admin point of view than managing. Because with my email tool, to do them, to have people hook into today's email meant that I would have had to send a broadcast out every day. Whereas an autoresponder, I can kind of plan a bit of a journey as well. Um, So the more, the longer people are on an email sequence, the more sophisticated some of the tips are as well. So it's just, it was just easier to do an autoresponder. Yeah. I'm still thinking, (laughs) I'm still thinking, oh, I really want to do it. I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. Yeah. And I mean, you know, for people who didn't start blogging in 2013, you could do the same version and just have a have it be for 30 days, you know. I mean, that's yeah. that's a thing that can happen. Now you I think started off seven days a week and then you you pared that down a little bit, is that right? Yeah, that's right. So it was daily draft, one email every day. And then I had a small number of people go, Oh, hey, you know, I'm finding I'm getting a bit of a backlog. Can we switch these to just weekdays? And I thought, you know what, that makes a lot of sense. Because between Friday and Monday, I mean, realistically, we're all checking our emails over the weekend. But um, we don't want to. And so I didn't want to have three emails waiting on Monday, because then people really start getting behind. So I switched them to weekdays. And that seems to work very well. And it works well for me too, because it's two more days up my sleeve right. for the next week. Right. Now your your launches for your specific products, do you do those on like a launch model? So you just a few times a year you do them? Or do those go into an evergreen launch sequence? I have closed launches, which means yeah, I only open like my course opens twice a year and my private mentoring group opens once a year. Um so I might do some little uh, quiet launches to people on the wait list, but generally speaking, um, they only open a couple of times a year. I'm excited by the idea of evergreen, like an evergreen funnel. So it's something I'm kind of looking into, but right. it's a new shiny thing. And I'm also going, just settle down, Belinda. You don't need to plan a new thing. <laughs> um, so I think it's about picking the right launch model for the right product. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, I think that's very cool. And there's so much opportunity to add automation when you want to, you know. Mm. Um, everybody who clicks a link on topic A, you could send them to an interesting little sequence. Um, cool. That's very cool. Let's talk a little bit about, um, you've got this blog archive. Do you do any new blog content? I mean, are you still, are you still posting new blog, blog, blog posts? Well, what I do is when people, because I'm kind of following along with the daily draft sequence as well, because I want to make sure the emails are going out and I want to see where people are up to. Um, I actually republish the blog Mm-hmm. That fits with the daily draft sequence. Now, everyone's going to be at different stages. So I'm republishing the blog, but I'm not necessarily publishing new content. What I am doing is I am creating a list of blog topics that I'm excited to write about. So what I'm thinking of doing is actually starting because I'm going to reach the end eventually. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of I'm going to start writing blogs just kind of quietly and having them ready to go. So then new emails into the daily draft sequence will match up with new blogs, yeah. new top content as well. Yeah, yeah, cool. Because I miss it. Yeah? Yeah. I like I like taking an idea and writing up a post and sending it out. And I have, you know, I kind of laugh about my blogging goggles where I'm kind of walking around the world thinking that would make a great blog topic. Oh, yeah. And I've got a few of those. And I'm, I think I'm just getting the itch again to publish something new. Yeah, there's nothing like a break <laughs> to yes. make writing actually enjoyable again. I was impressed by the list of things you do with a blog post. You <laughs> squeeze a lot out of a blog post. Can you talk about, you take a blog post and you turn it into up to, let's say up to seven emails. Um, mm-hmm. What what else do you do with these little little creatures? I So blogs get shared on social as well. But of course, we all know that if someone just happens to be looking at LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter when you publish, that's great. But that's not what happens for most people. So I have a spreadsheet of all my blog posts um, with a Facebook update, a LinkedIn update, a Twitter share. But then I also break out little helpful tweets from the post because from every post you could have you know, five to 10 tweets of just little tips. So I have those as well. And my virtual assistant schedules those to just go out all the time where she's just constantly going through my archive and having a spreadsheet with all that information there means it's all there for her. Um, I share it on Instagram and I write it as a LinkedIn article. Then for some of them, I'll create a YouTube video. But what I do is I do it as a Facebook Live on my phone Smart. and then I save the video and then load that up to YouTube. So um, I'd love to do that with LinkedIn as well because LinkedIn has a, you know, a live feature. But if you load a video up to LinkedIn, it has a cap on 10 minutes. So I'm trying to figure out the best way to get video onto LinkedIn using their live um, algorithm. But yeah, I just, I try and get as much because I feel like once you've put the effort into a blog, you want to squeeze as much out of it, as you said. So, yeah, that's what I do. As many things as possible. Yeah, yeah. And so, how many how many emails have you how many emails have you sent since you started your daily draft? Oh, let me have a look. I have it open here. Um, it's nearly two hundred, actually. I think it's about one hundred and eighty-seven. Nice. Yeah. And so, we're recording this in two thousand nineteen. And how far are you up? How far are you through your blog archive? Um, I'm up to twenty fifteen. So you've got. <laughs> <laughs> quite, quite a bit, quite a bit still yeah, to that's right. still to do. 
And I don't, not every blog makes it into the daily draft. Like I, there's a lot of blogs that are timely and yeah. topical, yeah. but they, they're not very educational. There's Christmas posts and New Year's posts and, you know, this and that and awards and that's not great daily draft content. So I'm quite selective. I only pick the ones that I think will be valuable. Um, but yeah, I'm only halfway through. The other thing that occurs to me about this is it's also a really brilliant search engine optimization technique because you're going back to this content from 2013, 2014, and making sure it's like, oh yeah, that's, you know, that's all relevant. Yeah, the links are all still good. Oh, that link needs to be fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a great SEO practice, but nobody does it because it's, you know, it's just, unless you're getting something else out of it, it's hard to make that time. So um, Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I'm I'm also creating new featured images for the blogs that fit mm-hmm. with my kind of new style of images. Yeah. But, you know, halfway through my blog, I switched from a .com.au domain to a .com. So a lot of the links, bet- you know, my interlinking was with my .com.au domain. Uh, So I'm going through fixing all those up and adding any new linking opportunities that I can find and just tightening up the copy because we all, we get better the more we write. And so some, you know, when I started, I'm reading my post going, gosh, I had a lot to say here. I think we can cut this down. (laughs) Yeah. That thing that you thought was so funny and you're like, oh yeah, that wasn't funny. (laughs) Yeah. Still developing the writing style, Belinda. Keep at it. That's 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 what I do. I'm like, oh, I thought that was hilarious back then. Mm, I just yeah. edit that right out of there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love this. So, any words of advice for somebody who you know maybe didn't didn't have such a consistent? You know, you have a pretty impressive um, depth of your of your archive. Most people don't. Um, mm. Any any advice that people might be able to take and just implement some of this if they don't have quite that quite that big a backlog. Well, I think if nothing else, if you're creating a blog, then repurpose it as much as possible. Don't just share it once and let everyone find it on their own. You know, send it out on email at least once, but share it on social media, turn it into videos, break it down into tips, but also don't feel overwhelmed that you have to do all the things. And that's one of the the biggest bits of advice. We often look at other people going, oh, gosh, they're on Instagram and YouTube and they're doing this and blah, blah, and you, it's, I can't do any of that. So, you know, take the blog and start sharing it in as many different places as you can. But if you're interested in increasing the emails that you send out to people, I would say create a backlog so you can get started and you've got a nice little well of content, but also make sure that they're quite short because no one, I mean, we all say it doesn't matter how long or short it is as long as you're providing value. But the truth is people open an email and like they open a blog or anything else from you and if it's too long, they go, whoa, I'll come back to that later. Right. So really think about the kind of emails that you like getting and how you like to read them and how long they are and try and create that experience for your readers too. Oh, it just occurs to me talking to you that this would also be really wonderful content for Facebook Messenger, where I think you can oh, load. Yeah. I think you can load it in just pretty much the same way you do as an autoresponder. So, well, the other the other thing I think you're super smart about, and I think if you're going to do this to the extent you do, or even you know partly sensible outsourcing, yes, you know, create that process and then get somebody to help you with the just to physically getting it from here to there. I think is. Um, it's just very smart. 
Yeah, because things like proofreading, well, I'm not, I'm a terrible proofreader, so I have to outsource that. But loading emails into my email tool and loading updates into um, scheduling for social media, it's not super hard work, but it's very time consuming and that's not the best use of my time. Yeah. So if you push for time, get people to help you do it. And I guess the other thing I'd highlight is that if you're going to up the frequency of the emails you send, you're going to get people unsubscribing. And so you need to kind of steal yourself for that right. and remind yourself that it's a good thing because I don't like it when people unsubscribe. Don't go, don't go. But the people who are with me now are really engaged they want to hear from me. They want to talk to me. And a lot of the time people have said, oh, I signed up for your course. I joined your mentoring because you replied to that email. I never expected you to reply to that email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great, it's great. It is. It's a, a wonderful moment of just real connection. Yeah. Mm. And I've talked to people about, oh, you know, people have said you should get, other, you know, your VA to answer your emails for you. And I don't think I can. Like, I think the replying and having conversations with people on email is such a strong point of connection. It has so much potential that I don't think I want to give that to someone else. Yeah. 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 I do my own on my, on my remarkable communication site and I, we have somebody do it on Copyblogger and it makes a big difference in how connected you feel to the audience. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we could talk about this for a long time, but I think this is, gives people uh, something to get started. I love how counterintuitive it is. I love how doable it is. So mm. if, if you guys start to see, you know, an email a day from Sonia Simone or an email a day from Copyblogger, you'll know that I stole this idea directly from Belinda, but this is my officially giving her credit because I think it's um for, for people who are creating good relationship-based content, I think this is a really cool thing to try. So Yeah, that's right. And if nothing else, do an experiment with it. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. You can always do it 30, 60 days, you know, something like that and just see, um, see, I would give it enough. How much time do you think you should let the experiment just to give it a fair chance? Cause you are going to get unsubscribes at first and you know. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I think I gave it three months. I said to Robert, Bruce, I'll try it for three months and we'll see what happens. And that was enough time that people got into a rhythm mm. with the emails, that they got through the overwhelm and they started incorporating it into their daily life. And I know that because that's what they told me. Right. So I think three months is a really good stretch to really see how it goes. But if you have a 30-day project, mm. that's a nice round number. Yeah. It's like a 30-day challenge or yeah. something like that. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. really doable as well. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, Belinda, thank you so much. I'm glad we caught up with each other. As she says, her email box and my email box are not pretty places. So yeah. <laughs> it took a little back and forth, but I'm so glad that um, we managed to catch up with one another and, and yeah, me too. get this conversation. Thank you all for your time, for your attention. Let us know if you think this is the craziest thing you ever heard or you think you're going to give it a try. You can pop over to copyblogger.fm and let us know. We would be all about it. Uh, and Belinda, remind people where they can catch up with you and find out what you're doing. Sure. It's uh, my website's my home base, copyrightmatters.com. And that's where you can have a give the daily draft a whirl if you want to get some of those daily emails. They're all about copywriting and marketing and being a freelancer and stuff like that. And I also have tons of free content. There's mini courses and 
blog content and and if you're interested in copywriting and mentoring there's information there too it's all on the website nice excellent well thank you so much take care and all my copy blogger fm people i'll catch you next week